Welcome to the first episode of Sophisticated Savage. Uh, today's episode is the pilot episode for JC and myself and our venture into podcasting. Um, this episode was recorded oh, about six months ago, um, but we have yet to, to release it online. We we'll try to perfect our abilities to record and sound efficient and clear. This first episode was recorded with one uh, mic that we bought uh, at Best Buy. It was a Twitch TV mic, so it's a, supposed to be a dual-facing microphone. Um, anyways, we wanted to get straight to it um, and not wait around. We want to at least start practicing recording something and see how we sound it. Without further ado, here is episode number one for Sophisticated Savage. Thank you. JC. Alright, this is our first episode, so there might be some rough spots in here where we figure some stuff out, but uh, today we're going to be discussing <clears throat> the point of the podcast, what we want to get out of it, the idea behind it, um, and what to expect in the future, and then just trying to work out any of the kinks and smooth out the rough edges. If you hear a baby in the background crying, that's my baby. He's in another room, but he's got some lungs. So We're uh, in between studios, so uh, don't mind the noise. Yeah. Right. We want to get started. We don't like waiting around. Um, we were supposed to be at the studio today, but some stuff kind of fell through. Instead of waiting around, we improvised, came up with a new idea. Yeah, it's actually one of the things that we just didn't want to sit on our hands and wait around. We actually wanted to take action, and that's kind of what the whole Sophisticated Savage thing is, is just taking action. We don't want to just sit around or, or be scared to do something and try something new, and that's what we're doing right now. That's correct. Let me just send, keep talking. Let me just send this text real quick. No worries. Uh, I actually have to turn into a fanboy real quick. I have to give a shout-out and a name drop to Mr. Joe Rogan. He's actually one of the reasons uh, I wanted to start doing this. The company and the idea was way before I saw my first Joe Rogan podcast, but uh, I think he's actually, as the meme says, he's the Oprah Winfrey of men, <laughs> and uh, I really believe in that because the guest that he brings on is is uh, inspiring, and uh, every other episode, Joe Rogan talks about, hey, go start your own podcast, and I think that's what we're trying to do, is we're starting our own podcast, and, and I'm really excited about it, and uh, yeah. I agree. That's uh, where I got the inspiration from, too. I been thinking about doing a podcast for uh, the last four or five years, but uh, I'm in the medical profession, and the only thing I really thought to talk about was the medical field, but I didn't really want to talk about the medical field because I talk about that all day long. Um, so when I met JC, <clears throat> we had similar interests, and he had this really great idea for a podcast, um, and I thought I'd uh, jump on board. That's actually how we connected was, uh, hey, you know this guy named Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody talks about Rogan if they get into podcasting, but uh, he tells everybody to, to do podcasting, so it's his own fault. Yeah. Um, and, but the idea behind his podcast, I like his style, I like the way he does it with no uh, format, just sit there and talk and have really long format discussions about any topic he's interested in, um, and that's kind of what I'm interested in. I, I, I listen to other podcasts, but... I really haven't found other ones I like as much as him because a lot of the podcasts have formats. They squeeze in commercials in the middle of it or sometimes they're, they're gimmicks in the middle of it. I get kind of annoyed at that. I like just listening to a I don't know, physicist or an author or whatever come in, talk about stuff. If they get off topic and start talking about you know the news Crazy or whatever stuff. it is, yeah. I, I, I don't mind that uh, well, that's, in and out flow. That's actually how I got started. I always heard about it. I was like, I'm not even interested. And then uh, I Googled uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse and Joe Rogan together. I said, let me check it out. It was like in the 900 episodes, so that shows you how far behind I was. And just on that one episode alone, I fell in love with the podcast. And the whole idea is bring on people that you really like and you're really curious about and things that you want to do. And after that, I was hooked. So I started Googling other people that I other physicists or scientists that I wanted to see and happened to be on that show and uh, yeah uh, that's really the only podcast I listen to right now because I'm squeezed for time but uh, yeah so shout out to Joe Rogan cheers salute whatever you want to call it maybe one day we'll get to uh, interview you and that'd be awesome 
Yeah, that's a long-term goal, but that would be be great. Um, so let's uh, just give a quick background of, of each other so people know who they're listening to. Otherwise, we're just two uh, voices yeah. in the mic and have people have no idea who <laughs> we are. So I'll start it off. Um, <clears throat> my name's Dylan. I'm a physical therapist. I work at the VA here in San Antonio. Um, but I'm a man of many uh, interests. Um, I love physical therapy. I like doing what I do. This is not a physical therapy therapy podcast. Anything we talk about is not medical advice. I have to say that for my license. If I talk about something, it's because I'm doing it as a workout or I'm following a certain diet plan. It is not recommended for you as a listener. If you have issues, if you have something you need to get worked on, go see a doctor, go see a physical therapist, get a referral, do it the right, the right way. Don't follow what I say or the workouts I do. The workouts I've chosen and the lifestyle that I lead is based on years of research and reading and interest and things I like and injuries I've had. Um, so, and also to say, anything I talk about is not the view of the VA. <laughs> there you <laughs> I go. I say that because VA legal is uh, pretty clear about that. So, the opinions on here are, are myself and I and JC. Um, so, a little bit more background. I uh, grew up here in San Antonio. I went to high school here. went to college here. went to physical therapy school here. Um, I sound like a homer when I say that, but <laughs> I, uh, I have traveled for, you know, a bit. I've seen most of the U.S. I've gone overseas, um, and I've always been very curious at heart. So uh, even though I feel like I haven't ever left San Antonio um, and lived other, other places, I've traveled in my mind. I've, I have gone and traveled, um, and I like learning about other cultures. Um, as a physical therapist, I came out with a doctorate in physical therapy, <clears throat> But I also have interest outside of that. I, I like le- learning about all kinds of science and physics. And by no means am I an expert in physics or math or anything like that. But I like talking about things, especially stuff I don't understand well, and trying to get a grasp of those um, topics. And I like martial arts. I do uh, a little bit of Muay Thai. I've been doing that for about five years now. Um, just in the past year, started doing uh, a close-range tactics course which is basically a, a, a for the my instructor, he teaches his uh, advanced students Wing Chun, and he calls it Close Range Tactics. So I've been doing that for about a year. Um, and I like working out. I like talking to people. And that's kind of the, where I'm at with the podcast world. Uh, JC, what about yourself? Uh, I'm an aspiring doctor of physical therapy. Uh, taking, I'm a full-time student right now. That's why I'm in my own little bubble. I'm also a father of three, so my bubble is just getting even smaller. But uh, besides that, I'm the same thing. I'm a martial artist at heart. I love all kinds of martial arts, but I fo- mainly focus on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right now. Um, I don't know. I'm a social butterfly, so I love to talk to everybody, pick everybody's brain. Uh, it could be a bit annoying at some times because I, I just want to dig deeper and deeper to understand other people's perspectives and... Yeah, I've, I've also been blessed to live overseas and uh, experience other cultures, which is pretty awesome, and pick their brains and, and bring their cultures and uh, and their ideas and their thoughts. And like I said, once we start bringing in guests, that's what we're going to do is we're going to dig into their thoughts and their ideas and see where that goes. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. I do have to say anything we say today as of what, the 9th of December 2018 may not be how we feel a year or two years from now. I, I, Rogan was talking about this a long time ago. That I mean, I can't remember what episode it was, but his thoughts and his attitudes and his views have changed. I mean, he's done over like 1,200 podcasts now. So if you go back and listen to his first podcast, that may not be the representation yeah. of what he is now. So anything we talk about now or the viewpoints we have five years from now may not be who we are. Well, I, I think that brings up a great point. Once we start talking to guests... Uh, hopefully we're mature or open-minded and and i might have my viewpoint at that time and i'll I'll stick to my guns and and then all of a sudden the guest says something that you know makes sense or opens my eyes to something new and yeah that's what i look forward to because everybody is is a bit of a book and there's so much written and you know other people help you write in that book so my my book is only yay big and when our guests get here i'm hoping to expand my book I like the way you said that. That's good. Um, 
the topics will probably vary uh, greatly on this podcast. Uh, you know, there might be some martial arts thrown in there, but it's not going to be a martial arts podcast. It's it's a uh, it's an idea podcast. It's an idea podcast. Yeah, it's it's about multiple topics, and the guests will range kind of all over the place. Um, one thing I will not do on this podcast: we'll talk about like specific political ideas or try to put forth a ideology um, for one group or a specific religion. If we interview someone, it'd be just based on curiosity. If we talk yeah. about religion, it'd be in the scheme of history or just as a general discussion. Same thing with politics. I'm not coming at this as a Republican or Democrat or liberal yeah, or no, conservative. No. If we talk about something, it's going to be probably more historical context. I like looking at history. It's a, it's a, <clears throat> we're going to try to leave everything at the door, right. just like you leave your ego when you go train. Uh, you can have your ego and your viewpoints, and then you come in, and you're going to try to blast some people. That, that just doesn't fly in the martial arts community. You go to your school, or you go to somebody else's school, and it's just like, hey, you teach me, I teach you, and let's try to be adults about everything. And so that's what we're going to do with this podcast. In fact, that's kind of what the idea of Sophisticated Savage is, is... Um, just being open-minded you want to have your viewpoints i have my viewpoints how can we expand each other and help each other grow so no i i agree with that i i think everything begins and ends with respect that's how we always start our uh, our classes in, in muay thai and um if you don't respect the other person it's hard to find common grounds and talk about stuff especially yeah. talk discussing things that might be um nuanced and and not, I guess, word, I guess a cake or a fluff topic. Yeah. You have to have respect for the other person because if they say something and you don't respect them, you may be quicker to get angry. So beginning and ending respect is, is big with me and uh, having a, a code of honor, the way you live your life. And, and, and the way I, I live my life and the code of honor I have is, is based on um, mutual respect for people uh, and just trying to be as nice as possible. That's as clear cookie cutters I can get my you know it's more deep than that but um, to keep it brief it's honor respect and being as, as kind as many people as possible and trying to do more good in the world than bad and leave the world better than I left it and I think we both talked about this before we want this podcast to be uh, a way for our kids to look back and learn um, kind of what our ideas in life are and, and how to be a good uh, uh, you know, humans, not just, uh, you have daughters as well, yep. um, but I, I have one son, but learn how to be human, not necessarily be a man, um, but, or be a woman, but just be a good human, and, um, you know, so is that, be as curious as possible. Is that what Sophisticated Savage means to you, or what, is, what does it mean to you? Why, why, why did you like the name, and why did you want to stick with the name, and so well, honestly, let's go over the, the we, we posted the definition on our uh, Twitter account which is at SOSAV, S-O-S-A-V. Um, and the definition, we want to kind of redefine what the word uh, sophisticated and savage mean. I mean, they have a, a Webster's Dictionary. Uh, and what we mean by savage, first and foremost, is not necessarily the way it was used in the past where a bunch of you know European colonists came over and labeled anyone who wasn't a white European as a savage. Um, I, I think that was pretty abhorrent. <laughs> you've read the his history of yeah. uh, what the Spanish did and uh, what's now Mexico and Latin America it's um, pretty savage in and of itself you know they, they were pretty brutal to the, the native population so that's not what we mean when we say savage not con a certain community or a certain group of people savages it's more uh, trying to uplift the term just describe people who are willing to go the extra mile to get you know get down get you know dirty willing to do the, the little things that count um, willing to go outside their boundaries, <clears throat> be honest, sometimes brutally honest, not mean, but you know, not trying to just lie to everybody to make them happy. You know, you want to, you don't want to make someone <laughs> totally depressed, but you don't want to lie to them constantly that they never can correct bad actions because you're not trying to be um, mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just from that standpoint. Savage can be someone who goes out. You know, I, there's a TV show that. Um, so, Above the Arctic Circle. It's the one on uh, National Geographic or Discovery. There's people who live above the Arctic Circle who just okay. they get tired of the world and go up there yeah. and they just... They live on the they land. They live on the land. That's, yeah. That is what I would decide to find a savage because yeah. I'm not willing to do that. I, I like my my, my uh, comfort, comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, for instance, for example, last night 
I listened to that David uh, David Goggins podcast uh, with, with, uh, with Rogan. The recent one, right? The recent one. Yeah. And um, he was describing that the the cardio endurance he does, the workouts he does, is it's all mental. Like mm-hmm. at a certain point in time, you can have you can have that mile or two mile in the bank, but when you start getting past your comfort zone, it's all mental. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you know other people who can run who don't do the ultra marathons don't have the cardio capacity it's more the mental capacity it's the mental ability to withstand pain and can and push and that mental boundary which is what fascinates me because i have a lazy streak in me that's pretty long i mean the less amount of devices I, i'll sit there and munch i can watch tv all yeah. day so I, have, I like to have inspiration and find people who who can teach me how to control my mind um, my dad did it when I was younger. He had me meditating when I was a little kid. He was, uh, I say, he wasn't really a Buddhist, but he followed Buddhist philosophy. So he started having me meditate somewhere in middle school and high school. Not that I was great at it. I'm still not great at it. But he wanted me to get in the mindset of learning how to control your mind um, because we have a background of lots of anxiety and some alcoholism in the family. And that's, you know, mostly based on self-medication, yeah. um, especially with that, that anxiety. So for me... Going back to the story, I'm getting off topic. So last night, I went and ran a mile. I've been doing a, a training for a, three, a 5K. And so I've up to three miles. I can do it, no problem. But last night, I wanted to just run a mile as fast as I can. Just all out. Just get, leaving nothing out on the table. And not that it's that fast, but I, I got it under nine minutes, which for me is fast. I got it at 8.55. And halfway and through no the... No offense, the, still, yeah. you're kind of a big guy, so that's actually a good thing. <laughs> As fast as I've been, I, I can't remember the last time I had something under nine minutes. But um, there were many times during that that run where I could feel my body, my brain was saying, "Okay, slow down. You're good, Dylan. You've you've proved yourself. You're fine." One the body, the body says one thing, and the yeah. mind says another. And I was yeah. like, "No, no, I'm I'm not. I, can, I know, I, I I know you're just trying to trick me to stop yeah. and be comfortable. But I told I told you we're gonna run a mile as fast as possible. We're halfway through it, so just shut up and buckle up." And we're going to finish this thing. If I fall down and drop, yeah. my wife will eventually come looking for me. <laughs> so, uh, so I finished it, and you know, I was tired. My lungs were definitely screaming. Uh, I know there's people who run who might listen to this who are going to be like, 855 is nothing. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I absolutely hate but, running. But, but so. then you got to remember there's other people that are, are like, that's impressive. Sure. So there's yeah. both spectrums. But you know what? I, I find it fascinating that it's – that you're talking to yourself. It sounds weird. It sounds like a mental health issue. I'm talking to myself mentally. I'm telling myself I can push it, but there's some people that don't even believe in that. Mm-hmm. And that they're like, no, I'm going to listen to my brain. If it says I need to stop, I need to stop. Right. But then there's other people like you and I are trying to be is, no, we can push a little bit further. We can right. go another round. We can right. do another mile, vice versa. Right. And that's, I think, what I want to interview more guests like David Goggins. He was amazing. He's like, Nope, I pushed through it. I had broken feet. I had whatever. Yeah. I was pissing blood or whatever. Yeah. But I still pushed through it. And I find that fascinating, that mental toughness. I think it's also important to say that you should also know your body before you decide to go out and do a 100-mile marathon or yeah. even a mile. If you physically don't have the capacity, if you yeah. haven't trained at all, um, while you can't have the mental toughness to maybe to go run a mile if you haven't run a mile before, um, you also have to be smart and logical and do prep work even yeah. the guys who do those 100 mile marathons and do all this training and push themselves put in their prep work beforehand I mean when Goggins first started doing his running he was doing like I think he said he, the first time I listened to him on a podcast he was running a half mile and he stopped that was yeah. it but he was also you know, 150 pounds heavier I think than what yeah, he was, he was so, a bodybuilder so you gotta start where you can you gotta be safe you know it's all it's all good and great to push your body but oh, you yeah. have to have a a foundation to push it on if you can't if your foundation is weak you don't want to go in extreme because there's been people i mean I've, I've i know people who who have had cardiovascular events running marathons it's not like it's not necessarily common but it's not uncommon either so yeah. you got to know your limits you got to know your body and part of that knowing your body is also being able to meditate or at least stop and think and, and listen to your body a lot of people don't listen to their bodies if you don't listen and start to to become aware of the different things that happen in your body, you'll never know when you're injured. You never know when you're overtrained. That's um, things like that. That's something that I that, that I had to realize growing up was listening to your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could say raised or even inspiration or or scenes from movies like oh no you got to push through it or 
you're being a wussy or something like that. Push through it, push through it. And so then you get that, that, that image stuck in your head. And so you don't listen to your body, and then it gets worse. Right. So that's something I had to learn when I got older. Was like, okay, I, I need to take a break. I need to take uh, right. a week off, whatever it may be, and whatever I needed to do. But that's something that I had to struggle to, to learn when growing up. So right. I totally agree with that. And, you know, there are ways to take breaks and, and not completely just be a cocktail, active recovery. You know, like tonight, I may go run again after we're done here, but we're going to do yoga at the end of it and nice. do some stretching and make sure we you know take care of the the body that I'm going to go abuse later by running I'm probably going to go do a full another full blast mile I was talking to a, <clears throat> one of the PTs I was working with and he was talking about doing that exactly that active recovery whatever mm-hmm. like one day lift upper body boom 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 right but same day work mobility with your legs or vice versa so you can actually have a full body workout all day every day right but still nothing crazy so yeah and there's another thing too I've dabbled with I say dabbled very lightly dabbled with is uh, tracking heart rate uh, resting heart rate and uh, recovery and knowing workout zones so knowing your max heart rate so easiest way to do that is 220 minus your age that's your absolute max heart rate and then you can percentage that and so when I work out I try to be on a hard day 70-80% 70-80% of my max heart rate um, and then lighter days like active recovery days might back it down to 50-60% like um, and if I'm feeling really bad um, like where I just I'm not you know coming down with the cold or my allergies are killing me at least try to go out and do something even if my heart rate's not super high just get out and physically do something uh, to accomplish uh, a task uh, even if it's just doing some shadow boxing and some drill work on Bob the dummy in the garage or uh, a restorative yoga class. Restorative yoga class can be great. It's that not that difficult. What it's, is that? Restorative yoga is. It's. Um, I'm not a yogi, so I may butcher this. But <laughs> it, basically, it's it's uh, it's yoga, but it's more meditative. Um, so it's a lot of breath work, and that's me. Um, it's a lot of breath work and a lot of holding of one position, but they're fairly easy positions to get into for four or five minutes at a time. So it's laying down with your legs up against the wall, stretching. Um, there's plenty of videos on YouTube. Um, the guy I went to was uh, Steve Osnamore. He's on the board of the Veteran Yoga Project. Okay. So I found him. And uh, he has a class uh, out here in Holotus. And he does one in downtown as well. Um, and various types of yoga, but the restorative one is really good. And just so y'all know what you're referring to, is it's San Antonio downtown. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're in San, yeah, we're in San Antonio, Texas. Um, but he uh, basically was an hour and a half long and we probably did a max of five positions but they were held for about five minutes each with breath work and he kind of does a guided meditation so as, you, as you're doing these poses he's walking around telling you to breathe and then telling you to, it's okay to let go so it's okay to forgive yourself those things that people tend to be tense about yeah. so it's really just a, more of an active meditation than anything else um, but I do a lot of the float tanks and I was telling someone at work I was like the restorative yoga is the closest thing that I get to the float tank without actually going to do the float. The problem was it, it took 90 minutes to get there. I didn't really feel that until the last quarter of the class, roughly. Um, but the float tank, I get there 15 minutes. But you're also paying 70 bucks. So it's restorative <laughs> yoga. You can honestly find a place on YouTube or a video or a, a channel on YouTube and probably yeah. get the same effect. It's just going to take you a little longer. It's cheaper. We have yoga at the, at the jiu-jitsu school on Sundays. And... Uh, I wouldn't know what to call it, but it's pretty fast paced. It's kind of it's, it's different. I don't know if it's workout yoga. They call it, I think those are you call flow or power yoga. I where guess they're, so. they're holding stuff. There's more of a core workout. Yeah. But there's there's various types of yoga, and if you look at the actual like the uh, I guess I'm assuming it's Indian names for them. Yeah. Um, that each name has a specific what they're they're trying to do. Um, so like Kundalini yoga is very similar to restorative. It's a lot of uh, chanting, meditation, breath work, as opposed to holding a position. And, and trying to stretch your muscles out. Um, but I don't know all the terms, and I'm not going to try to describe them, but there's various types of yoga based on what you want to get done. So if you want to get more toned and fit, there's yogas for that, like power yoga or the, that 90-minute hot yoga they have, the bigger yeah. yoga. Um, but then there's more meditative, meditative yoga. Um, so I like the meditative version. Have you, have you messed around with any of that cryogenic stuff? Or I've, I've talked about doing it, but I've yet to go actually go try it. The, the I had a student 
look into it. She was doing a uh, in service on cryogenics, and she called up some of them, but they just they weren't as friendly as the float places okay. that I've contacted, and so they kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Now we're assuming they rubbed me the wrong way, but I just got it. I didn't get a good vibe from them, so I had yet to go try it out. But I hear amazing things. Um, I've tried the the sauna. I love the sauna as well. Because there's uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who's also a Rogan guest, <laughs> uh, did a, a paper on saunas. And she interviewed a, I think, cardiologist out of Finland. Yeah, it's one of the Scandinavian right. countries. Yeah. And he did a, a, a longitudinal study on um, men and saunas for three or four days a week, 20, 30 minutes. This is kind of off topic, but have you seen the, the Russian saunas? No. So, do you know Fedor, the yeah. fighter? Yeah. So, they'll sit in these saunas. Okay. And I don't know what they get, but some type of uh, tree limbs. Okay. With leaves. Uh-huh. And they whack the crap out of each other. Okay. It's beneficial for something. That's okay. what they claim. Obviously, I don't know, but I, it's just on YouTube. I've seen them well, show Fedor's training, and they just smack each other with. You know, one's relaxed, chilling, right. laid out, and the other guy's just smacking away. I mean, there's probably a, like a history behind that. I know there's a lot a of... Tradition uh, or something. Yeah, sort. there's a lot of cultures that practice um, different forms of like rituals where sometimes it might be taking a substance and having a trip. Sometimes it might be more... I there's a specific term that's called... Um, it's like when they take like a substance that's more of a poison, and like the bull dance. You ever seen the bull dance they do? In the, 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 the biting in yeah, South America. Yeah, they'll tie in gloves, yeah. and, the, and the, the young yeah. man has to wear the gloves. That's his manhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a specific name. It's right on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, that may be a a historical thing in Russia yeah. where they did that before. Same thing with there's a sect of Catholics that yeah, like to flashlight themselves. It's probably the same. I mean, I don't know what the. Well, I think they're doing it for specific training purposes, like. Relaxing because it's Fedor, so he's going to take. They're creating sections. an inflammatory re- response, so okay. he's going to probably get a rush of endorphins, which is going to make him feel good. What you know? What maybe? I mean, this is my my theory. You know the hot grips. You yeah. know how you rub people and they get like really red, and you're right. saying that's the blood coming out. Right. Probably similar effect because these guys when they get hit with those those bushes, it's yeah. pretty red. It looks like they got beat pretty bad. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. Maybe it's so that, trying to bring that blood flow in the in the sauna. So that would be what's called instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization when you're referring to the hot grips. Um, this is the form of massage. So I mean, I maybe I, maybe I don't know. But the saunas. So yeah, going the saunas have uh, a reaction in the body where you apparently get these what they call heat shock proteins. Yeah, and then cause your body to have a positive inflammatory response, and you get all this benefit from that. Cryotherapy in those chambers is supposed to have the same thing. I just have yet to go do it. I should. I talk about it a lot, but I haven't done it yet. Um, and it may be because I'm also slightly afraid of being in a minus 175 chamber for whatever, a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it is. So, uh, the sauna was a, the sauna was quite frightening by itself. Is it, I don't know if you've ever been in a sauna before. Yeah. Because right, when I first went in there, my goal was just to stay in as long as I can. And uh, it felt like what I could imagine being locked in a car in South Texas is in like August. And so the first time I was in there, I started having these visual images like, oh my God, if you leave a dog in the car or a baby in the car, yeah. this is what they feel like. And it was Horrible. super, I mean, you start, your mind's just like, it's the same thing when you're running that mile, when you're going full yeah. sprint, your mind's like, get up and leave right now. This is really uncomfortable. You're going to yeah. die. Get up and leave right now. Well, I have experience with that because I used to box when I was like 18 to 22, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so my boxers and my wrestlers, they're going to know that that's what we do is we get into a sauna. Yeah. And we even get worse. We actually put on a sauna suit. Oh, yeah. So we put on a sauna suit. In the sauna? In the sauna. Wow. And then to make it even worse, like I used to, which I don't recommend, is we used to slap Vaseline on our bodies to clog the pores. <laughs> so not only that, and if you were really hurting, you would have to shadow box while in the sauna. Oh, wow. Just to cut weight. And, wow. and and if you're doing it exhibition style, like amateur, like I was, right. you're doing the day of. Wow. So you're trying to make weight day of, about to fight in about two hours, depending where you're at. So I totally understand, like, this is not normal. This is not normal. Escape. Why aren't you outside? Get cool air. Get cool right. air. And it's like, no, you got to push through it. You want to you wanna make weight. You want to fight. and. That's it. You bring up the, the making weight topic, and I, I swear we're going to get back to the definition of sophistication. Yeah, like, that was like six but, hours ago, but... <laughs> but uh, I've been, 
Uh, they've been talking about, and they, Rogan primarily is the one I listen to, talking about the weight cutting issue with the UFC. And um, I never really paid attention before. And, and back when I would see guys miss weight, I, would, I wouldn't I would necessarily judge them because I'm not doing it myself. But I didn't really realize what went into that. Yeah. I think the only time I ever had to try to lose weight was two times. Once was in middle school football or peewee football. They, I was off by a pound. I think they had me go run. A, I can't remember what they did. They, I, I made the weight, but that was the only time I was experienced with trying to like lose weight rapidly. Yeah. Uh, the other time would be applying to physical therapy school. I applied for the Army Baylor program, and I was off. I was like, I think the cutoff for officers was 200 pounds, and I was like 210 a week or two before I was supposed to go to the physical for the that as part of the application. And so I was trying to drop 10 pounds in a week, which honestly, now knowing what they do for pre-fight is yeah. not that much at all. Um, and it was just basically not drinking water um, well, and exercising and, you know, just, you know, but I didn't do it yeah. scientifically. I was just like, okay, let's just starve myself. And I still miss weight by a pound. So, yeah. Well, the, the listeners that are probably listening, they're probably calling you like, oh, you're being a little girl or you're being a wuss because I've, I've, I used to wrestle in high school, yeah. And so we would starve ourselves. Yeah, we would eat ice cubes. Uh, we would make sure nobody was eating at lunch or whatever. You know, right. we we did it the wrong way. Now it's there's a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of people that you can actually contact, which I highly recommend. Same thing. I was still doing it. That's the way I was doing it when I was boxing when I was 18. I, all I had was a boxing coach, and 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 the sad part was he was a drunk boxing coach. Uh-huh. So we would train hard, but then we would go to these uh, smokers or whatever, and he would like to drink before the fights. And so it, it would get crazy. He's like, you can make the weight. Like, I don't know, something ridiculous, right? He's like, eh, make the weight. Let's go to the sauna right now, or let's go to the bike, or go run around the gym. It's like, all right. And, you know, I was a young kid. I was doing what my coach said. Uh, my parents really weren't really around because I was already 18. So... It wasn't. It wasn't nothing new because I already wrestled in high school. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Whatever we got to do to make weight. But now, uh, in fact, the worst. The worst beating I got was. Uh, I walk around at two ten right now, and maybe around when I was twenty, I would walk around maybe one ninety. But uh, I knew my coach wanted me to get to one fifty five, and I I usually boxed at one sixty five. But he's like, nah, let's try 155. You're you're a bit taller than those guys, and it sucked because I really had to make that weight. I really struggled to get to 155, and that was the only time my mom went to go see me box, mm. and I was so depleted and so tired that I literally got the 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 shit kicked out of me in front of my mom and my aunt. And so after the fight, my mom was like, oh, you might want to change your career. <laughs> and so it was it was a little disheartening when my mom said that, you know, but but I stuck with it. And like I said, it was something that was normal to us was just suffer through the weight cut just to just to get into the, the fight or the game, whatever it may be. It's, it's, you had to do whatever you had to do or you wanted to play. And so that's why it's like, oh, man, this this really does suck. And I think you've seen a couple of like tough episodes, yeah, yeah. where yeah. they hold the guy in and they, they hold the door on him, and he's he's wanting to get out, he's crying to get out. Yeah. Well, so I've come around on the weight cutting. I mean, I respect all the guys you're putting weight cutting in because it's or doing what they have to do. That being said, I ha- I honestly think I've kind of come around to how Rogan sees it. I think they I need agree. to control that because oh, not do. only you, you, first of all, as a fan. You're probably not getting the best product because guys are depleting themselves. Like there, Anthony Johnson's a good example. He fought at middleweight, and he got down that far. But he, I enjoyed his fights when he was at light heavyweight much more, yeah. um, or even at heavyweight because he's he's not depleting his skills. You know, he may not be as tall and as large as some of the other light heavyweights and heavyweights, but he has God-given ability that he was depleting, dropping down yeah. that far. And I didn't realize that until I saw him fight at light heavyweight, and all of a sudden he. It's knocking dudes out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the way they have it, I think one um, one FC, the Asian uh, uh, version of like UFC, yeah, yeah. they have a, they test you during training. The and they hydration, find out, yeah, hydration testing. They find yeah. out where you should be. I have no problem with that. 
I think there needs to be more weight classes as well. Nothing ridiculous like boxing. By the way, I watched uh, Lemachenko last night. Oh, yeah. fight. No, I caught the clips. Oh, it was nice. It was yeah. good. But boxing, I like boxing as a fan. But there's too many damn weight classes. I can't. Yeah. I can't too many belts. Too, too many, many belts. I can't remember them all. It's too many organizations. And I don't think you. I think the UFC can add more weight and more belts or more weight classes. Excuse me. Yeah. Without getting ridiculous. Yeah. Especially since they are the promoter that can control that. And I think it'd be safer and a better product because um, weight cutting is just. There's been too many fights ruined by the guy missing weight. Well, you, and then just the putting your, not even that physically just drain yourself to the point, especially when you're doing. You know, striking. Yeah. That's where the, the real dangerous stuff comes in when you're depleted, your brain's dehydrated, and you're getting hit in the head. So. Well, yeah, see, um, that's the worst part. They took away the the whole um, IV fluid yeah. method to come back. And this is kind of on that path, but uh, I was, in, I was uh, stationed in Germany, and I was bothering these this group of guys, and I was asking them what they were, and they turned out to be uh, some SEALs. And one of the guys saw my ear, and I saw his. We got we both had cauliflower ears, so we kind of struck it, you know, hit it off or whatever. So we got into that, and he told me one of the secrets was, you know, to stay focused, you had to keep your heart rate under control. And how to keep your heart rate under control is your breathing and your hydration. Mm-hmm. And so if you can keep a good uh, hydration and control your breathing, you can stay focused on whatever the task may be. Right. And so I agree with that. Like, if you're hydrated and you can control your breathing... Even on that podcast with David Goggins, say what like ninety percent is your cardio. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're saying David Goggins might be a beast in jujitsu because of the amazing cardio he has. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you still need that technique. Don't get me wrong. But cardio, that, like when when I when I, we do a Shark Tank. Yeah. You know, fresh guy every minute, but yeah. you stay in the whole time. Yeah. Some days I have great car, or sometimes when I'm getting ready for a competition. That's when my cardio is my best. I feel great. I can see moves coming three steps ahead. I feel confident. I'm feeling good, nice and smooth. And then on the off season, or you know, when I'm not training for a competition, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of just begging for them to like tap me out or or let the the Shark Tank be over. So you could obviously see the the difference, feel the difference. To- totally agree. There's times when in kickboxing when I'm doing um, like bad work or sparring when I was not. In, as in shape as I am now and I'm not necessarily in the greatest shape either yeah. but um, when especially when the more advanced students would hold pads for me you know they, they were really good at holding pads they call it combinations yeah. way better than we can you know when I when myself and some of my cohort in the same level I am we hold pads for each other I've gotten better over time but the advanced guys just they call off combinations left and right and you're trying to keep up when I'm not in shape or my cardio is not good it's me I'm trying to survive I'm not necessarily trying to make contact it's just not miss the yeah. combo just call, do whatever they say when I'm in shape and I found doing for me what seemed to work best was lots of heavy kettlebell training interval training like hit training high nice. intensity yeah, yeah, yeah. interval training um, running a little bit not a lot uh, and then doing yoga that those things work great because there's was a six month span where I was training and this one uh, black belt I know there's no black there's no belts in Muay Thai but our, our instructor has to have a way to, to rank you so he has belts just so he can make sure we progress because he's not going to have a bunch of amateurs fighting yeah. people and it's hard to organize fights so that being said one of our advanced black belt students um, he hadn't worked me in a while for in a while held pads for me and he was calling out combinations and was imp- like really impressed that I was no longer just sucking wind yeah. I was actually like I was at the fifth round ready to keep going and uh, I was impressed myself and then we started doing actual sparring and we would do shark tanks where you just the same thing. You, every guy's a fresh person in, and the way we do it, um, there's enough advanced students that come to the class. He likes to have round one is like someone who's at your level. Round two, maybe your level, and then round three, four, and five, it's so advanced. The students. round progresses with yeah. the advancement. Yeah, of the, oh, yeah. Nice. So the last one of the times we, we sparred, the last round was against the, the one of our black belts. This, this huge guy named Marcus, um, super big. He's probably an inch taller than me probably 10 pounds heavier than me super athletic um and it was, it, by the time i got to him it was it definitely i was yeah. not hurting too bad but i was definitely not in the best shape i was more in survival mode and just because he's also was better than me too yeah. i mean i'm not gonna you know him and the black belts are just um 
more advanced, obviously. Yeah. But the cardio is, is a big thing. This is actually a perfect segue getting back to the definition of sophisticated savage. <laughs> six hours later. Six hours later. So the, the, for me, what I looked down came to it is is I'm a, obviously I, I have intelligence. I went through school. We've gone through school. We're, we're, we have some form of like intellectual ability. What I feel like I don't have is I'm a middle class kid. Um, I wouldn't say I'm spoiled per se, but I definitely didn't have a rough life. Yeah. Um, I wasn't forced to do anything I didn't want to do. I didn't have to go do physical labor. I wasn't trying to fight to survive. And so I've tried to cultivate this more savage side of me um, where I know mentally I can survive having to do brutal tasks uh, outdoors, in the heat, whatever. I can. I know that my mind is is set to be able to um, complete that task no matter what. Uh, I not that I'm afraid or I'm a prepper or a proponent of conspiracy theories that the end of the world is coming. But I just like to be prepared for anything yeah. physically and mentally. I think there's a lack in this and currently in our culture, especially in, in the U.S., of people not wanting to be physical. I mean, they took PE out of out of schools. It's an elective now, which I think is ridiculous because kids. Are you serious? All, yeah, a lot of a lot of what? schools don't have PE anymore. I did not yeah, know that. No recess, no PE, and which is ridiculous. I think the Scandinavian, a lot of Scandinavian countries. If I've read, I've read some articles. I don't know how true this is or how how extensive this is in Scandinavia. It might be one school. Who knows? But I've always been um, a proponent of having kids get outdoor playtime. Yeah, they use their imagination, not sit in front of a computer all day long because they're going to do that when they get home anyway. So they don't get any physical work at school. No physical work at home. There's no wonder we have an issue with childhood obesity and, yeah, and, and adult obesity too, because no one ever puts in sweat unless they have to go to the gym. So I like I've tried to over the last four or five years cultivate my body to be able to handle physical things. Not that I'm a badass. I'm obviously not. I'm not going to be trying out for the seals or yeah or going for the UFC. Are trying to be a professional fighter. Well, you're trying to be more than the average Joe or the armchair. I just want to have the confidence that I know if I need to go run somewhere, I'm not going to pass out after five feet. Or if I need to go do physical work, I'm not going to just fall apart. You know, I can I can get stuff done physically and and be healthy too. Because I you know I have a son now. I don't want to die at an early age because I'm not taking care of myself. And that's not just mental and physical. It's also diet too. I've, I have a big sugarholic, so for me, it's become a mental savage component. Because I, I, I'm into sophisticated stuff. I like what people, you know. I, I, I like the intellectual side of life. I like learning about different topics. I like drinking a nice glass of wine. I like drinking a nice glass of whiskey. I like listening to nice music. I, so all that quote unquote sophisticated stuff. Um, I'm already kind of I enjoy those things. It's the physical stuff. I, I was an athlete in school too, so I'm not completely a nubitive phys- physicality but it's more of the mental side of stuff being able to take my mind where I need to go to get something done even when other people don't want to go there or if I'm being um, confronted by someone who is maybe more physically in, uh, imposing than me mm-hmm. or has a mindset where I'm not used to as a as a middle class suburb kid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we weren't exposed to violence we weren't exposed to you know a tough life so having my mind prepared for having to deal with that situation even if I go from cradle to grave and never deal with that situation at least I know my mind is in, is in control of my body for whatever I need it for so this, the definition we came up with for sophisticated savage is this there's three points sophisticated savage one who adopts strenuous tasks as well as enjoying the hobbies of leisure that modern life provides, all while rem- all while remembering, understanding, and respecting the primitive, physically demanding roots of our ancestors. Two, one who strives to sharpen all aspects of life, mind, body, and spirit, the nerd, athlete, and monk hybrid. Three, one who transforms fear into action. Now, JC and I talked a lot about that definition. We, we would trade texts and emails back and forth trying to find the right words. Um, and I think that, to me, encompasses what I'm trying to get out of this podcast and what Sophisticated Savage is. Everyone might have their own you know, take on it, on what exactly it means um, personally, but to sum up for me in, in as few words as possible, it's, you know, I, I like the good things in life. I like being able to, to listen to classical music or go to a nice restaurant and enjoy uh, you know, a 
a well-cooked meal. Um, but at the same time, I want to be able to go out and put in three miles, four miles, whatever it may be, plus some kickboxing rounds, go out and do some hunting, go out and you know make my own food, procure my own food, grow my own food, yeah. know that I can go live off the land if I need to, uh, have the mental fortitude and savagery to, to if you know, shit hits the fan, I can, I can take care of myself no matter what what that means, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's just a ton of bills come in, I lose my job, whatever it may be, knowing that my mind is right to take care of business no matter what. That to me is what sophisticated savage is. So I, I hope that kind of clears it up. Would you like to add anything? Uh, just It really just shows in the logo itself. Uh, once you see the logo, you'll see that there's an integral sign. And uh, that just means all-encompassing. And there's two arrows. One arrow is sophisticated. One is savage. They're crossing in the middle because they need to meet. And that's what we're just trying to do. We're trying to get both sides to meet. And uh, I'm a little bit on the opposite side of the spectrum for Mr. Dillon. I, I wouldn't say I had the hardest life by all means. People that know me growing up, it's like, eh, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. I have been in some confrontations uh in elementary and middle school and definitely in high school so i know what it feels like to get hit in the mouth before uh proper training uh so i'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum i kind of want to know to become sophisticated to uh to leisure and the, the fine things in life um stuff like that i think that's what i really wanted to uh do the wine, the whiskey. I do all that already, but I want more of that. I want more of the intellectual stuff. And so that's why I think it's a perfect yin and yang. We're learning off each other, just like how we hope to bring in other guests and we can learn from them, whether they're more on the sophisticated sophisticated side of the spectrum or the savage side of the spectrum. And that's why I think this uh, company is such a great idea. It's not like, oh, we're going to just be hunters today and that's all we're going to do and that's all we're going to talk about. Or vice versa, we're not going to be just a book club and let's talk about books and theories and, and never really try anything. It's no, we're trying to be both. Uh, so our, our podcast will, will be on either one side of the spectrum or hopefully we can get guests that are on both sides of the spectrum. And that's why I love the logo so much. It's plain, it's simple, but it, it gets the job done. And that's what we're all about. So exactly that. Go enjoy a, a fine meal one day. Uh, I like filet mignon and uh, some wine. That's my sophisticated side. And then, uh, yeah, go into a shark tank, get beat up, and uh, do both. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I also want to clarify that I'm not that pretentious where I think that I'm super sophisticated. <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, if you stuck me in a dinner with a bunch of royals from... Europe, I'd probably embarrass myself because yeah. I'd be making mistakes. I, I caught myself today eating with my elbows on the table. Oh, no. And uh, I, <laughs> my wife and I always talk about some of the um, manners I have instilled in me aren't even from, let's say, my mom or dad. is from my, my my dad's former wife's grandmother, or mother, so my step-grandmother. He used to always get on me about holding my fork and knife correctly in the right hand not chewing with my mouth open yeah. and not putting my elbows on the table. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily the most sophisticated person in the world. But um, So I don't want to make it seem like I am a Ivy Leaguer from no. some waspy family on the East Coast and I'm super uh, <laughs> wearing a tie every day or something like that. So definitely not that. But I like to wear ties, but only when I go to the gym. No, yeah, I, it's, funny, it's funny when uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I have a, uh, a lanyard I wear to work. Yeah. And uh, I was realizing it doesn't have a breakaway snap. I used to have one that had a breakaway snap, so if someone grabbed it, it would snap off. And I was realizing, like, oh, I have no breakaway snap, so if this, if I get grabbed by this, I'm going to get choked. And yeah. uh, I was remembering that Rogan was talking about that. He hates wearing ties because it's there you go. the perfect leverage to get choked. That's true. And I was like, that's a good point. So I've switched to another lanyard that's breakaway. Not that I expect to get attacked at work, yeah. but you never know. Um, even if I don't get attacked at work, just getting caught. If I've gotten it caught on, on chairs multiple shredders. times. Shredders. <laughs> it's just That'd so be scary. Things, so. That's a, not a way to go. <laughs> no, but like, uh, just jokingly, like when we were, when I was living in Germany, we would say time to suit up, but we were talking about our gi, our, right. our uniform. That was our suit, so that was our sophistication. Let's suit up. Yeah. And so our suit was our gi, but, you know, we were going to go be savages. 
I think uh, having a uniform way of dressing, like you know, I I, I have a love and hate with it because I I purposely went into the field that I'm in because I hated the idea of wearing a tie and being at a desk uh, and wearing a suit because <laughs> my my parents were in the business world uh, as one was an accountant and one was in the computer industry and uh, I just all the Dilbert jokes that were out there about mm. office life I just it was not interesting to me and I just I didn't want to wear a tie I hate wearing ties I hate wearing button up shirts see that's so funny I'm mm. on the opposite side I want to wear ties and I, I mean I, I like looking wear, good yeah, I'll no, wear yeah, 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 but, but not 24 day. no yeah, yeah. no it's so good. uncomfortable I do it at my own time yeah, yeah yeah I like going out to eat with my wife and looking nice but not yeah no, 8 hours a day you don't have to go that far yeah, Monday yeah. to Friday uh, so yeah I I enjoy not wearing a tie I've, I always get weird looks at work because I don't wear a lot of uh, I don't wear a normal scrub outfit I have scrub bottoms on yeah. and then like a t-shirt on top and <laughs> once in a while someone looks at me like why are you wearing this t-shirt and it's like well it's a I mean it looks like a scrub it's yeah. the scrubs have a, a weird shape to them and they're uncomfortable this is a t-shirt now I used to also push the limit by wearing t-shirts with pictures on them obviously nothing offensive it was something silly or whatever yeah. but I have uh Took, I took the hints and I was like, okay. The now looks, I just have yeah. old navy, completely blank T-shirts, but it's a T-shirt, way more comfortable than a scrub top. Um, and then someone made a comment to me. I realize I wear pajamas to work all day what? long. This is like scrub bottom. I mean, people will sometimes. I've turned old scrubs into pajamas around the house. Ain't gonna lie, they're pretty comfortable. They're comfortable. They are comfortable, man. especially some of the better brands. If you get a high-end yeah. scrub, I mean, you can wear them at the house for leisure and be. Man, completely you, comfortable. you could easily squat in some of those. Oh like, yeah, I've, to show patients and stuff. I, I I do I do my workouts now um, right after work, and I'm, I don't change my clothes because with the kid here, I, by the time I get home, I, I'm not going to work out. I don't have time. It's it's feed him to sleep, yeah. and so I do my workout usually before I leave work. Um, body weight stuff because I'm not, we're not allowed to use the uh, equipment at the gym there because yeah. we're not patients, and so I'll do body weight stuff before I leave, um, or I might go to the gym, but I don't usually pack gym clothes so I'll just go work out at LA Fitness in my in my work attire I have a t-shirt on so it kind of looks yeah. like I'm and I my scrubs are usually black so it probably looks like some kind of weird yeah. work attire but I, I'll do squats I do I agree. all my workouts I mean I have nothing really crazy because it's I mean I've every once in a while I feel like my my uh, seams are going to split but <laughs> but they're definitely uh, moldable and pliable and I, that's why I mean I, I like that too because I mean I can do yeah. what I need to do physically. I show my you know patients how to how to lift. Program. Well, that's how I found out is I had to demonstrate you know exercises for the patients and mm-hmm. then just psh, pop right into the squat or yeah. whatever or sit to stands and all that stuff. And it's like man, it's, I don't have to pick them up or anything. Just good to go. The scrubs are great. I could wear scrubs all day. I wear scrubs all day if I could. Well, sorry, not you. With a tie. With a tie. With a tie. <laughs> so we're about fifty minutes into this. We're gonna wrap it up here. We're gonna keep going. This is your call. I'm, we're good. I can go on. I, I'm waiting for the hard drive to tell me it's no more space in here, but I don't even know how much space a, a, a recording takes. I guess we'll find out. We can try to pause it, make sure it stays. Let's pause it real quick, and then we'll see, and we'll go from there. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Welcome we're back actually, from our um, our commercial break that we didn't even take. <laughs> we're able to actually save this, and so we didn't lose all the. 45, 50 minutes that we put into it already. All right. So as we get towards the end here, um, I guess we should talk about what to expect or the, the plan moving forward. Um, well, uh, before we get to that, we actually kind of already talked about that, but I just I don't know why I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, the way it came about was uh, one day I was at school. How I came up with the name, I was at school studying with my classical music in the library. So I felt sophisticated, but then on my way to class, I threw on some Wu-Tang, and I felt pretty savage walking to class, and uh, nobody could mess with me mood. I don't know why, but that's the way I felt. So that's actually how I came out with the name, and so I thought it's it's would be awesome if both worlds could meet, and I figured why not? There's people doing it right now. I know you can think of somebody, whether famous or somebody you already know that they are sophisticated. They are uh, very well spoken, but yet you wouldn't want to mess with them, or you know that they could handle their business if needed to, in uh, one way or another. And so, if I have it on my Facebook, I, I posted it in like in 2016, and that's when I finally just 
decided to come up with a name and I, I, I looked it up. I think some people have thought about it, but nobody really took it serious. So I, I trademarked it as soon as possible. Um, and then finally, that's when I decided to start looking up Joe Rogan after that. And I was like, that's it. I think I hit, I hit it on the head and I loved it. And I just didn't do anything with it because I was so busy with school. And then when I met Dylan at the VA, I was volunteering there. Once again, we hit it off because we were talking about Joe Rogan. Uh, he told me he wanted to start a podcast. I was not even in any uh, idea or realm that I wanted to start one, but then we started talking more and more. And he's like, hey, I wanted to start a podcast. And I said, you know what? Just like Sophisticated Savage is all about is trying something new and not being scared of it. So I said, let's try it. And I think that's where we're at right now. And I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd definitely say that this is pushing our boundaries because I am not a... I, mean, I like talking to people, but I don't necessarily like the idea of people watching being recorded me and being recorded and having to deal with social media and yeah. trolls and people just flat out just don't like me for... Put, putting yourself for out there. Arbitrary, yeah, for arbitrary yeah. reasons and being not being private and, and anonymous too. Yeah. Uh, there's a documentary or a Netflix movie called American Meme. Have you seen that? Yeah, no. the trailer for it. So I, I was watching the trailer last night. It's, I know it's, another movie called America Me, American Me, but that's more gangster. <laughs> this one, I don't know. This one's this one's literally about gangs and stuff. Oh, but I no, know it's not no, that no, one. This is about like uh, Paris. Once again, Hilton. opposite side of the spectrum. Right, right. This is like <laughs> Paris Hilton and all the current like YouTubers and okay. Instagram models and yeah. like what they call influencers, social media, social, social media influencers, okay. people who make money or influence culture. And that's kind of all they, they're famous for being famous. Yeah. Yeah. So, and all the pitfalls that can happen with that. And that is definitely not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. The, the idea is not to, I, I don't want to give advice. I don't want to <laughs> tell you what to do. I don't want to try to, influence anybody other than if you get inspired by anything that I talk about or or we talk about or people we talk about if you go look them up and say hey this person's interesting that's honestly all I want to do is yeah. just have fun with this talk about stuff that I enjoy talking about I, I'm, I don't want to have any kind of you know massive social like influence going on outside of if this blows up and it becomes a big thing great but yeah I have another side of my life that I enjoy and I'm not willing to give that up, which no. is my professional side. I, I enjoy doing what I do and I enjoy my family and that, that part of it. And I have no interest in being, um, I don't know, the next YouTube sensation that's uh, just no, making I, I mindless content. That's no, the mindless content that's, that's just trying to make it just to make the content yeah. and not have anything behind it. That's exactly what it is. Um, and I think that's what the whole idea of the whole company is, is we want to put out ideas and hopefully, uh, uh, actually it's, it's, it's kind of call it, call it a self insecurity. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough to do something and all I need is somebody else as an idea to help me, inspire me to change it for the better. And that's really what this is all about. I, I'm going to, I want to grow with the community and try new things. Like, I've never been to a gun range and tried multiple targets and done all that stuff. That's something I want to try and do. Uh, I've done it at my grandma's ranch growing up when I was younger, just having the rifle and shoot around. Of course, uh, as safe as possible, but, you know, gun range, John Wick style, trying to try to hear the beep and go or try something new. Try an actual, uh, I've done wine tasting in Germany, but go to a professional connoisseur and all that stuff. That's a whole different experience. A uh, cigar a connoisseur. Try that out. All these ideas that I have in my head, I, I feel like the community would also want to try that out and uh, come along with that experience with us, experience that with us. So hopefully there's a guest that we can go to A, a gun range. They can teach me how to shoot even better. B, go to a connoisseur and they can teach us more about whiskey or wine or anything along those lines. It's Like I said, it's both sides of the spectrums. We want to learn about sophistication and then we also want to learn about savagery. And actually there's people out there that can do both. They can uh, Hopefully one of the guests, he can teach us how to be a savage in, in uh, marksmanship and then actually teach us about whiskey the next, the next podcast. So that's really what we want to do. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think uh, coming up, we're going to be trying to have 
obviously a, a varied type of guest, so we're not stuck just to one. We've made that perfectly clear. Um, the best way to keep track of us going forward is going to be through social media. Uh, we, we are in the process of getting a website up and having a blog, and we'll have all, all our content primarily through the website. But for now, uh, on uh, Twitter, it's at I'm, that's I-M, Sosav, S-O-S-A-V, uh, at I'm Sosav on Twitter. And then Instagram, if you follow, if you're on Instagram, that handle would be... I think it's it? Sophisticated Savage. Sophisticated Savage, yeah, on Instagram. All one word. So that's S-O-F, I misspelled it right there. <laughs> S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-C-A-T-E-D, Savage, S-A-V-A-G-E. So those are the places to look for us uh, going forward uh, as we update uh, our content on the website. We'll have up eventually, and then uh, we'll bring up a uh, uh, guest as we go forward. Hopefully, we'll have some good ones. Um, obviously, we're a small company, so we're going to start local with our, our contacts here in town. But we, between the two of us, uh, have a pretty good set of contacts to go with, and um, hopefully, keep this entertaining and informative. And like JC said. Uh, if uh, even one person gets some kind of push to to do something to better their life, I, that's to uh, that's really what it's for. that last statement is transform fear into action, and that's yeah. actually what me and Dylan are doing. I think we were both nervous or fearful of putting ourselves out there, and you know what? We said we couldn't wait any longer, and this is how how crazy we we tried this, guys. We're literally just bought a mic from Best Buy, hooked it up to his Mac laptop. And we're in his laundry room. <laughs> That's to give you a, a point of view of what we're trying to do. Yeah. We we didn't want to wait for the big studio. We didn't want to make everything super perfect, which is what I usually do. I, I usually hold myself back and, no, this has to be perfect and this and that. But, no, let's uh, transform that fear into action. And that's that's all we're doing. And that's, I think, how I like to wrap it up. Yeah. We yeah. took action. Yeah. So, uh uh, stay posted for now. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep everything on the social media sites as far as uh, guests coming up, and uh, when we have a new podcast coming out. Um, for now, we're, we're going to try to get this posted probably on SoundCloud first, and then from there we'll see as we grow this. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, in and we'll talk to you next time. Over and out. <laughs>